Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome to All My Block Podcast, the Green Bay Packer Podcast. I'm your host, Ramon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall. Mike, how you doing? Hey, G, doing great, man. I'm excited. You know, we got we got preseason finally. Finally. And then, yeah, and then you get all you get all hyped up and you see like everything's going on, and then you realize like, man, nobody's playing. Nobody, yo, <laughs> nobody's playing. And then the nobody's guys that playing. did play, unfortunately, like uh your kid, the kid out in the Jets starting quarterback, first round pick last year plays and then uh, already aggravated uh, knee or bruise knee bruise or whatever he had and then re-aggravated it into longer uh got to do you know surgery to fix the problem and now he's sitting for a while so you think about the jet, you think about like the jets like the mindset of the jets i mean how much has football changed like he made an insight mm-hmm. and they tell him and they're like oh, i should have ran out of bounds they're kind of excoriating him for not running out of bounds it's like, dude, he didn't get touched. He made an inside he was on, yeah, non-contact, like, give, people. Like, give me a break, man. Like, it's still football. Yeah, Phil. So you say you got some betting odds, Mike. What's what's your betting odds? I want to hear this. Yeah, so we talk about betting on NAG being one of our sponsors. So I, there's some really good bets going on. So you can do, like, these player prop bets, right? So one of the best would oh. be, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to get over under 20 touchdowns. Or but check this out. For the okay. season, right. Yeah, for the season. So I, I, got a, I got three bets that I think are pretty interesting. So Aaron Jones is minus 115 to get over – Nine and a half total touchdowns rushing and receiving. So you so you bet a hundred, you get 115 bucks. Okay. If you think you go over nine and a half rushing and receiving, and you can make the similar bet, hundred negative 115 odds to get over 1300.5 yards rushing. Would you take either of those bets? Uh I would take the touchdown bet. Take the touchdown over yep. nine and a half touchdowns. Yep. I would. Okay. I would do now, that. He's been averaging about 10, 11 touchdowns. So I would, I would. Yeah, no, I think it makes, I listen, you can, I think you can certainly argue that he's going to do it. Right. But yeah. So here's the one that I was kind of scratching my head. So AJ Dillon is negative 130. So 100 gets you 130 bucks. Five and a half rushing touchdowns. Okay. And which to me is like, that's a no brainer because he's going to, he's going to get every ball inside the three yard line. Right. And then you look at, uh, it's negative 125 to get over. 750 and a half yards so 750.5 yards rushing so he had over 800 yards last year right and he started getting the ball more and more as the season wore on they don't have a number one receiver mm-hmm. i i to me i'm like that seems like a that seems like a pretty good i'm not gonna say it's a lock it seems like a pretty good bet right yeah i could see that because you think 800 yards is realistic for him so 20 so yes. basically you're saying close to 2100 yards combined which kind of makes sense yes yeah, that's because um, kind of surprised me with the game. They're both not in the game. Um, that was a little bit surprised. I thought AJ AJ Dillon would get some burn, not Aaron Jones. Maybe not Aaron Jones because he's been the veteran for a couple years now. Um, so just a little shocker there. But from their production, like we saw last year, and the way 
LaFleur works them into the offense and just on average per year, what uh, Aaron Jones has got, you know, like I said, touch, touching the ball and then scoring touchdowns, he is a, a threat in the run and the pass game. He They put him in slots sometimes. They put him outside wide, and he runs real good routes, and he catches the ball. So I could see nothing's going to change. It just now is going to just increase, you know, barring injury for any, any player, you know, that everything's going to be on par. And if he's on par, I, I'm going I'm to put that bet in and, and get some money back. Okay, so, so I like those bets too. I agree with you. So here's one that's – so Alan Lazard, it's a negative 115 over or under. You can bet the over or under for the same amount of money, okay? Okay. Five and a half touchdowns receiving. You taking the over or the under five and a half? I'm taking the over. Okay, I would take the over as well. Now, yep. under 725.5 yards receiving. Excuse me, over or under 725.5 yards receiving. Good question. That's tough. That's a tough one because um, we don't know – I mean, obviously, they don't know, just like we don't know. But he was a big – he's kind of a big play guy. You know, last year, you kind of you, – you, if you were to say something about him, say, oh, yeah, he, he made – he had some like big chunk yardage plays. Right. He's going to get the reps with the ones – or, excuse me, as number one, at least to start out with. Right. But 725 yards is a lot of yards, man. Yeah, it is. I, I and, and where – I'll probably go under only because yeah. he doesn't have that element of evasiveness, uh, uh, elusiveness. <laughs> that Devontae or any receiver has. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's physical, which is good for his game, but I don't see him in a in a crunch time, clutch time, getting off a DB and getting wide open where he's just sitting there in the middle of the field like Devontae was against the 49ers when Mason Crosby kicked that field goal early in the season last year. I see him, you know, in traffic making plays, but not just totally outrunning a guy and being elusive um, um, after the so, catch of the so, ball. So then do you see him being a wide receiver screen guy? See, I think see Devontae gets a lot of like sneaky yards because of his on speed. That. Yeah, um, he gets a lot of sneaky yardage on that. But I don't know he that he's that guy. No, no wide receiver screen. No, I could see him middle. You know, mid mid to long range, or I say short to mid routes, mm-hmm. more like slants and stuff. Mm-hmm. But not the wide receiver screen. Wide receiver screen. I could see that be which we've seen it plays where Aaron Jones comes across the formation or out of the backfield wide receiver screen. More of those to you know with because the, of the, the deficit of Devontae not being here so more of those type of plays and then seeing what Christian Watson's going to do you know if he wakes up he's back he's off a of pup list now um and how he you know goes into this game against the Saints if he's going to even play you know that's the question we just got I it. think the pup list now so they don't they're not even practicing they're just doing like individual <clears throat> oh so, so they, I know, okay I, yeah I don't know if he'll play this week at least but maybe right, play, right. maybe he plays week three yep. but yep. to your point it was funny like it was funny about Christian Watson like we were all we have high expectations. I was, you know, we were big fans of him coming out. Mm-hmm. I was watching, you know, you get on social media, you make the mistake, you get on social media sometimes, and like somebody watched him, like, you know, he's doing a route, and it's you know, it's this guy's gonna be the greatest fire everywhere, and you know, if they're trying to promote emo, and, emo, and, emo, yeah, hashtag and, you like, and you like watch the route, like it, was like a, it was like a curl route, and it's like the dude's got so much horsepower that he doesn't know how to slow down. <laughs> and he like he literally went out, he like ran, he was like Brr! And then he had like he tried to like do it. You're supposed to you know, drop your hips. You yep, drop your hips. Turn, right, Ooh. and he he just went like hop, 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 and he literally on his left foot like two or three times to slow down because he's like damn Fred Flintstone. He's so, like he's got so much power going one direction. It was hilarious. Right, I was like, right. man, this this is just. I guess we got to get it in. Most people get excited about you know that kind of stuff. I look at him like, oh man, dude's got a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, he, he's that got was a, a very good route. But anyways, he. 
We got to speculate, right? Yeah, you got to speculate. He's got to hone that route into the speed that he's uh, coming into the game here. So I'll do this read real quick here. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source of all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news with some good fights, UFC fights. I was able to kind of tag on and watch a little bit this weekend, Mike. And even, did you watch the Vera fight? Oh, my yes, God. Yes, I saw some highlights of that. I know I, I did watch it. I watched a couple the rounds Dominic of Dominic Cruz took it right in the face? Oh, yes. man. It was amazing. It's, <laughs> and like one guy, like some of the pre-fights, you know, they have leading up to the major fight. Like some of the guys, I know one guy from Brazil, I think La Silva, he looked tired when the start, when the match started, when the fight started. I was like, yeah. man, he got, where you at? I'm like, you come and train, and now you, in three, four kicks and punches, he was like dead tired. I'm like, that's not good, you know? That's not good at all. So with uh, next season's early NFL futures, which we talked about, and we already know, like we mentioned with the Jets, their futures are already kind of like up in the air with the quarterback. On uh, You got Joe Flacco as one of the backups out there in, in New York, just so you know. I'm pretty sure you knew that, Mike. And uh, yep. So head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, believe, to get your bonus and get into the action bet online. Where the game starts, Mike. So let's get into this Packer news. We talked about the odds. So then game results was the game. Uh, 28, <clears throat> 49ers, 21 for the Packers there. And we're going to start with uh, basically who stood out who stood out for the game. I said for my, my list here, uh, Romeo Dobbs, to say some quick names. Romeo Dobbs, Isaiah McDuffie played, played well. Amari Cooper, we've been talking about him. Training camp, all offseason, and he's down showing up. And then later in the end of the game, if you if you stick around for four quarters, yep, I uh, like I did, uh, Danny Etling, I didn't realize he was that tall, and but played smart, ran the ball, threw the ball okay, and now for from a coach like I'm I'm looking at this probably like how you are, just like a coach. Like I see productive things, and then obviously you see the mistakes done by either veteran players or younger players, and we we got a lot of mistakes coming up here um, as well in the next segment here. But uh, for yourself, who, who, who stood out for you? Uh, standout. Listen, I, I think the, along the offensive line, we'll talk about it later, but, uh, John Rennie Jr. And Myers, like wrap them in bubble tape right now. You got two injuries still, right? Like get, do you don't, they don't need to play anymore. They can play like those, right. kids, those two can play. You got some other things to figure out. Um, you know, first group, second group, you got some things to figure out. Right. Those two can play. Uh, I would say I really liked watching Isaiah McDuffie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that just the way that he reads uh, reads run flow and, and shoots the gap, it, it yep. was exciting to watch. Uh, you know, the, the kind of the big takeaway for me, and, and you know, not to like be negative, but like I, every, you hear all these great things about training camp and Jordan Love, and I don't even care about a stat line, right? Right. You, do, you know, two, two touchdowns, three interceptions, yeah, one sixty-seven like, or something down, like that. You sit down and watch the all twenty-two a couple times. You watch this tape, like. There are a lot of balls that were just not thrown with the accuracy required to be successful in the National Football League. Right. And that was um, like, I, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. What is the game plan here? If you're, if I'm Jordan Love, like my right. game plan would be can we get to a point where like I'm trade bait? You know, I'm Matt Flynn. I'm, I'm, I'm Joey Garoppolo. <laughs> I've heard Joey Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Right. Or, yeah, like, I'm gonna go, dude, do you remember Jimmy Garoppolo? Signed at the time the biggest contract yes. for a quarterback in NFL history. He had like seven games under his and belt. And barely touched the yeah, barely touched the regular season pass and play 
coming out, but it was because he was coming from Bill Belichick and behind Tom Brady out there in New England. Yeah, at the yes, absolutely. But shoot, man, if I'm Jordan Love, I'm kind of looking at it like, man, maybe maybe there's a Niners team out there for me, you know, because because the Packers aren't it right now. But we should we'll go into a little more detail. But it, that I think that was that was probably the thing that stood out the most as I was watching the the, the film again. Yeah, yeah, and like other things, I say O line uh, for the Pack obviously kept a clean pocket for him. I mean, the, for the throws that we're yeah. talking about. He didn't have a lot of pressure on him, so it was it was just uh, it was under his control to then now put the right accuracy on the ball and the right um, uh, touch on the ball, and um, and you you bring up that fact that he's not doing that and he has good protection. So is you know he, is he out there just overthinking it, you know, and just not well, being himself and just relaxing and playing ball, throwing that ball like when he was in school uh, at Nevada. You you look at the first third down, he stares at his receiver. Yep. Uh, Vinny, Vinny, Vinny overthrew Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs had some good plays. He had some drops. You know, he, he had he had a he had what you would if you said, "Hey, this guy is going to be a high level player, but he's young." Kind of what you expect, right? Like yep. he, had some, he had some really good plays. Obviously, he stacked that guy really well in the touchdown. He stacked very well before we got over or he got overthrown or underthrown. I forgot. It was just a poor ball. Uh, underthrown. Yeah, poor he, ball. He also, yeah. he also had some plays that he probably wants back. Um, the Packers screen game is always good. It's always fun to watch. Myers getting out there in front. You know, he made a key block on that on that place, bringing the uh, the man uh, linebacker to get um, oh gosh, yeah to get to get Taylor open. Yeah. So I just there's some there's some good players on this team. You know, there's some there's some really good players on this team. They're also when you in this preseason mode and you're not really looking at a lot of starters. Let me tell you the only, let me say this AG, cause I got a, a little bit of a bone to pick with people. Okay. The, the worst thing about the pre you look at the situation, the green Bay Packers are in you with Jordan love and her, who gets screwed over here. Offensive line. Offensive line's got to play like what? 38, 40 snaps in the first preseason game. You're a starter. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Myers, John Ren jr. They're all, it's like, what do you think? Put him in bubble tape. They don't need to be in there, man. Right. Get him there 15 plays, 20 plays tops, and get out, man. They were there for like 40 plays. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause I've been looking at all the other positions. Like I'm support, like I mentioned, Aaron Jones, this is his fifth, sixth year. Mm-hmm. I could say he earned earned it. But AJ, this is third year, fourth year, third year. They just don't play these kids. And anymore. he's on the bench. And I'm like, as a running back coach, I'm like, two eight, two eight, you playing. Like two eight, you playing the, at least the first two, if not the first one, and then the last one. I might say, you know, which their thought process for every coach in terms of preseason ball. They obviously it's it's a thing of I know back in our time, coaches have the idea of well, we don't want you to get hurt. It's football. If you hold them now, they, they could get hurt later. I'm like, especially for a running back position, they got to get in a, a rhythm. They got to get the line timing of certain run plays to me this is my thought process mm-hmm. i want you to get in there my running backs get that timing on cut co- or counter plays your footwork down with your off alignment offense alignment in real time practice is different from games so get that footwork right once i see it and you feel it then i'm like all right coming out you're good you know you got you got a series in you know some play action you picked up a blitz or two you caught the ball at the backfield or you didn't catch it we'll work on that in practice but you got about a dozen plays we could look at and correct and move on to the Saints practice and game coming this week. So that's that would be yeah. my mindset as a coach for my it's, running back. So having the young guy, that's the only part I'm like, I want the young guy in there. Aaron Jones, he's earned it. He could he could chill, wait for the regular season. It's so. tough because because AJ Dillon's gonna be a volume back. 100 percent He takes a lot of pounding just because of the size. Um 
it's it's funny now because you know Aaron Rodgers came out and he said he made a good point. He goes, "Why would I get why why get us ready to go in and play a series?" And I always thought about like the fourth preseason game, like Dude, don't even put me in. This is a waste of time. Correct. Nothing yeah. good can happen. Like I'm not going to feel any bit better about myself. And if something goes bad or I get hurt or you know I, I get mm-hmm. somebody else hurt, like I'm only going to there's only negatives here. So I yeah. never saw I never really saw the value of that. I completely agree with Aaron. But yeah. it, but there is. And the you know the reduction of of practice time and all this kind of stuff. The the good news is like the Saints games, the Saints game comes up, which means they're going to have joint practices, and that's really where these these first team guys are going to get the reps. And we talked about that before. Like yep. that's probably the most valuable time they have. And you know Belichick started that about a decade ago, of course ahead of his time, like everything else. But it, it, the it, I think the fun part about these games is you see a guy like Juwan Winfrey go in and try to play that Alan Lazard role in the run game, dude. Yeah. I mean, it was so much fun to watch because you just feel he, he was game for it. Like I, I told lots of respect for him. Like he was game for it, but you could tell, man, he like he, he was lining up. He he was trying to crack on the defensive end, and dude, this man switched his stance. He's like looking like inside, like and the defensive end. He's like a third string defensive end, dude. He didn't even have a clue. He went the wrong direction, man. It was hilarious. I mean, some of the some of the stuff you see in these preseason games, these are professional athletes. But the level is, especially with the Green Bay and San Francisco being such good teams, like the level is so right. high with the ones that sometimes right. you watch this and it's like, man, it's kind of, it's kind of refreshing to watch. And especially me being at playing at a really, really low level when I was younger, yeah. like first, you know, first I can remember my first game just getting the, the tar beat out of me, and uh, yeah. it's, it just brings back those memories, man. Like you, you there's a long ladder you got to climb to get from like high school to college is really hard, but and like for, for guys like me, like college to the NFL was actually a bigger jump. Correct. Correct. Referee sitting at six, one, two, ten, trying to take on defensive end, probably like 270, 280. That, that's, that's not a win for him unless he comes in a hundred percent effort. Like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy everything I got. And he has to have that mindset when those plays pop up. Cause we know Alan Lazard along with his size being 225, he can handle that. And then to your, to your remark on uh, just coming in the you know preseason ball. I remember my first preseason game in, in, in Seattle, it was in Dallas, Texas in August in the old Cowboy Stadium, oh. the old AstroTurf. And I was on all four core. And then I ran, I was second half, the whole, the starting running back for the whole second half. <laughs> so I was a dead horse come middle third quarter because I ran the whole first half, kickoff, punt return, punt, kickoff return, and uh, uh, a field goal. And nothing left. I came they're try, off. They're on trying a, to get all all that signing bonus in one game. They right? try to get it all in me. I just remember one play. You know, the, at that time we still had the rookie symposium going on. I lined up as Gunner. Both the DBs that were going to you know hold try to hold me up. I we talked. We hung out at the rookie premiere. So a rookie symposium, excuse me. And I looked at those guys. I said, "Look, guys, I ain't got. I don't have nothing left. I say I may pay, make two steps off the ball." And they said, "All right, Ag, we'll take care of you." I'm like, all right. I look over at the ball, snap the ball. They planted me in the fucking turf. <laughs> Excuse good. my language. They yeah, planted good. me in the turf. I said, no, that's, it. that's it, man. Welcome yeah. to the NFL. I said, and they rookies too. I'm like, yeah. okay. People I said, gotta I got eat, y'all. Kids got to eat, man. They destroyed me. So anyway, I was like, oh. Hey, hey, get, hey. get back real quick on love and not to harp on this uh, on this point, but I, yeah. I, I'm lucky I get to watch, I, you know, I have I have some, ga- I still get to watch the all 22 tapes and everything. So I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of said this yes, for a while. I need that tape. What What is... <laughs> What is um, – and listen, a couple guys aren't playing, so there's all this different stuff going on. But here's what you see, right? Yeah. First pick, um, he was, throws it He throws it to 84. He throws it to uh, – Tyler, yeah. Tyler, uh, Is that Tyler, Tyler Davis? Yeah, Tyler. 
Okay, so that's like a triple slant look on the and listen, high ball. Ball's high. It's a tough catch. Should he make the play? Yes. Is that a bad ball? It is. Yes. That's a bad ball. Bad things happen when you throw the ball high, especially gets a slant when the inside guy's coming right for his stomach. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a bad ball. Don't hang your player out like that. Okay. Eight, by the yeah. way, to 84's credit, he actually ran down the ball and made the tackle. Yeah, I didn't see that at right? the yeah, end. He yeah, ran, he ran it down. There so to go. his credit, listen, bad play for him. Like, well, you know, welcome to the NFL. Bad play for him. Ran down to make the play. Good for him. Make up for it. That's good Under, coaching tape right there. Underthrows Dobbs on the on the first one. First. Um, uh, the the pick in the flat to Dobbs, bad ball. Or, mm-hmm. You know, when, when the guy actually wrestled it out of his hands, ball's yeah. over the wrong shoulder. You know, yeah. we talked we, we talked about, uh, about uh, yeah, the, uh, over Winfrey. the DB shoulder inside of him. Yep. Juwan Juwan Winfrey had a contested catch that went up in the air. That could have been another pick. Yeah, it got to and Winfrey was able to catch. Or I think Dobbs or one of them was able to catch the ball. Thir- the third pick was a was just a bad ball. Just it, it happens. Um Danny Davis, we talked about he made an incredible play on that touchdown. The ball mm-hmm. was actually inside the DB. That wasn't like a back shoulder throw. No, that, that was, was a, a throw that was shortened to the inside that he adjusted and made a hell of a good play. Yeah. So even though you know you have some touchdowns, you have some big plays, it's like and that ball to Dobbs is beautiful. I think this is one where he's going to go, man, I, I hope I can learn a lot from this film and, and really work on my timing because what it looked like, we were a half second or a half step late mm-hmm. on a lot of these throws. And, you know, like Coach said, if he was running, if, if guys are running the wrong routes and he was surprised, it looked that way. But I'll say this, on a lot of these flat routes where he's short or the flat routes where he's behind, he's throwing the ball behind, like those routes are pretty consistent. It's hard to screw those routes up unless you're really messing with somebody's depth. Correct. Right? So some of this stuff and some of those long balls being tr- like some of this stuff is a problem. But like we said, we all come from a place where you, you know, you gassed out in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I probably gassed out in the third play. So so it's just there's a long ways to go. There's a long ways to build from here. There were some real positives, though. It is. It is. So just young guys trying to get their mind right, trying to get to that next uh, level of development. And that's what Jordan Love is doing here for preseason ball. Um, So let's get over to Twitch Warfare here. Mike, your favorite part of the game. And we already talked about some big takeaways here. So where you want to start us here from uh, in Twitch Warfare? Well, let's start. We haven't talked about defense. Uh, Correct. Who look very who for the backups, I would say, look very good. Um, They they were consistent. a little, this little, little broken stuff, you know, in terms of coverage. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But overall, defensively, as backups, I'm okay because there's a lot of good stuff to work on. They made, they made some good plays and they had their bad plays. So now you correct those and then move on to the next game, which is the same thing coming up. So what about yourself? Start there. I think Slate. Well, I think there's talent along the defensive line. Like we didn't yep. see the first round pick. I think he had. He was in the concussion protocol. Obviously, we didn't see the starters. Slayton mm-hmm. can move, he can move the pocket and he can rush an edge, right? And those are yep. two things you got you gotta have. So that kid can play. Um for me, I was we came into the preseason going, okay, one area of need for this team, in my opinion, is backups for Preston and Rashad Gary. And I don't think any the guys that started the game, uh, we're we're talking about uh what's 53's name? Come on, Mike, come on, Mike. Uh Garvin. And then deep at number 40, still not physical enough. Play speed's not where it needs to be. Pass rush mm-hmm. isn't very good. I know Tiba had a sack, but it really wasn't his sack. He actually got mauled on that play and kind of fell into it because Slayton pushed pushed the pocket. Right. Um, those guys aren't doing a really good job at holding up some, you know, holding points against bigger players. 
And it's just a place beat, just not where it needs to. I just don't know how else to say it. that. It's not where it needs to be. One thing I will say, I thought the rookie Kingsley, um, uh, um and, and Bari, yeah, Bari, yeah. yeah, he played his really place beat's good. good. Yeah, he he played well. He had a great pass rush on the touchdown, and he's a guy that you look at and you know that he's got some good measurables. So you look at you can really work with him. But I'm looking at just from the front line. Great defensive tackle presence. I think um, Heflin showed up a couple times, which he's going to do in preseason games. And that, But we really got to work on somehow improving the outside linebacker position so you continue to get good pass rush when mm-hmm. Preston and Rashad Gary aren't in. Right. You yeah. know, for, for me, I don't know, when you look at the linebackers, man, it's like I we like we both like McDuffie. I think he made some good plays. Yeah, he Quay uses Walker. hands, red coverage. Yeah, he could, and he, he could shed blocks. Now, the one thing you'll say about Quay Walker, and this is not a knock on him. This is just because he's coming out of college. He's under, he's, he's he's not – he might have good measurables, but when you see him on TV, I'm like, oh, he's kind of tall and thin. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. so what, when I saw it, what, the one thing I saw was like, I would run right at that kid until he proves he can take on a block, shed a block, and make a tackle because he didn't prove in that game that if a lineman got up to him, that he could get off that guy and make plays. So that's yeah. something he needs to work on. They lined him up, but they did the three D, they did the three D lineman over defensive end open on the other side with him and the B gap rushing the B gap. It was kind of robotic in his movement. Like there wasn't a lot of wiggle in his pass rush. They were running a TE. It didn't, mm-hmm. it just, I thought he could, you know, give a little, you're hoping that he learns those kind of things to give, you know, give a little more, give a little more body English and be a little more violent in his transition there. I know he's going to be a good player for this team. But, you know, that's one of those things where you're going, if Chris Barnes, again, because we love Chris Barnes, McDuffie's yes. now showing that he can play as a second-year player. And Campbell. Yeah, well, Devon, obviously Devondre's going to be there, but I'm just talking about the other guy. Right. Like, if it's not going to be one of those two guys, like this guy better be able to deliver when they were run downhill. Yeah, you got to. You got Because I looked at the, the count. It's like 15 linebackers. And we know those yeah. linebackers, some guys are hand-in-the-ground guys that are on this uh, Packer uh, linebacker core, and then some guys can – kind of play everywhere, kind of like, like DeAndre and Chris Barnes. That w- that was on the field a lot of the game. Ty Summers was out there a lot on special teams as well. Um, but McDuffie, I, I saw him, you know, just around the ball a lot, you know, being there on tackles, being in the position he needed to be in to, to make coverage. What I saw, like I say, defensively against the 49ers, you know, offense, knowing Shanahan, knowing his, where he comes from, he likes to run the ball. So you saw those double tight end sets and that ball, that line getting off the ball, and just seeing the younger players like Kingsley uh, Eggerby getting that de- getting push away from them because usually you saw the San Francisco line surge two or three yards ahead, but when he was when he was on the ball, yeah. that guy he was blocking or the guy blocking him, that guy was going backwards. So to see that happen, little things like that, or little silver linings for a defensive coach, a defensive lineman, you know, linebacker coach to say, hey, this is, and he's using his hands a lot and he's long too. So I think that's good too because any linebacker that is has length. Use that and knows how to then play off of that, you know, later in, you know, as he develops through training camp but and his, you know, and his career, any linebacker that we know that we played against and you had to block as well. You know, that's a problem when you got a length, lanky linebacker, tall, and then has the aggressiveness to the mess around with different moves to get in the backfield. So um, on the defense, on the defensive backside, we saw just a little misread on coverages. I say, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Gifford. Rico, Rico Gifford. Rico Gafford. Oh Gafford. My Lord, man. He has. That was the laugh of the day. That man, was man, that wide receiver stuck him on the out part and then went vertical. Up. I was like, oh, man. He ended he up turned on his him back. around. Yeah, I know. He, he ended up on around. his back. He got a good Every, view from that. 
That was yeah, and then um the safety on that Vernon Scott, he's looking at the tight end coming on the drag, and then keeps and for whatever reason the tight end leaves the the middle, and he's still looking in the backfield. He never started to bail back to cover the deep end. Looked like cover two to me. Looked like man to man cover two, and he got stuck looking at the tight end. So that play design, and then obviously run good route running by uh, the 49ers receiver there to get that busted coverage. And then earlier in the game, a younger guy that played safety was up in the box helping out was Danlin Levette getting beat on that first Trey Lance touchdown. It's just like, just got to be aware where you at and what, where your help is coming de- defensively. Cause it's all about that cover two, cover one, cover three, know your responsibility as a defensive back and know where your help is coming. Know if your responsibility is a zone area, stick to it. But obviously somebody comes to that area and you know, it's cover three and he's already taken away. You got to carry with him and he didn't carry very, very well. And you saw Trey Lance to, you know, get a ball in a nice deep ball for him and a and good catch and run after that for the receiver as well. So just those little things that are teachable moments that the defensive backs and the defense as a whole could then use and get better for because we got it. We know we got another passing team coming in with New Orleans because that's, a, that's what they do. Um, I'm not sure if Javis Winston is going to play or not, but that's uh, something I say this game definitely is going to get them ready for obviously this next game and then the rest of the regular season. One thing that it shows, and, and because we don't have our starters playing, so communication mm-hmm. was yep. obviously not as good as you want it to be on the defensive side. And you see that both in the secondary with what you're talking about with some some miscommunication or misreads, but you also mm-hmm. see that on the line of scrimmage with the San Francisco 49ers getting off the ball faster. We sometimes there was some temple, communication, temple, temple. Er- yeah, communication errors on the field. Are we down, ready in our stance in time? All those kind of things are kind of what you expect in the first preseason game with guys that aren't used to playing that many snaps. But one thing that is a positive is you didn't see a lot of missed tackles. No. And and when you don't see, see a lot of missed that. tackles with your backup players, that means the coaching staff is doing a really good job of making that a priority, and that's going to pay off in the long term. So that's one of those things I think that we can take as a positive takeaway as far as what the preseason is and understanding how this might apply to the rest of the team, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, those are things those are things on your coaching list that you check off for each game. Like game 1 preseason, I just want to see guys like, you know, like you said, tackle. Just make a clean tackle. And when the guys in here every time, be, be if you got 3 tackle attempts, be three, be be a, be 1000, be 100. Be 3 for 3, you know, if you had tackle attempts, um catching the ball, ball comes your way, make sure you got hands on eyes on the ball, if you catch and tuck, you know, don't worry about the run after, just catch the ball. Fundamentals. Yeah, this is live action now. We haven't had that at all. We know this 100% because how practices are. <laughs> so just catch the ball. I don't care what you do after you catch it. Just hold. I say catch it and hold on to the ball. That's the two things I want to see. If you catch and able to keep it on the run, then go. But hold, you better hold on to that ball. Keep it high and tight. Things like that. Blockers, don't get caught holding. I want to see hands inside tight. And then if you let them go, flip them and push them. You know, things like that just to say this is just the fundamental type of game and then after that try to play football be a football player you after the basics then it's just be you on why you got drafted here and why you're doing that and a guy i'll say i'll roll into a guy that then now is developing amari rogers we, we talked about his weight loss we talked how he recommitted himself during the offseason and he came in had a touchdown run um had a big kickoff return in the early part of the game and then uh richard well, took him out <laughs> did you see the oh, celebration oh yeah <laughs> I'm looking. I'm like, oh, nice run. I'm like, yeah, they're hyping. They get hyped. In his backpack, man. Here come Rashard Gary. Pow! He was he he was celebrating with him, but you know, he just got he laid big man. He is a big dude, and Mari's not a big dude now because you you know you lost some of that weight. But he looked good catching the ball, making some moves, and I think that 
you can see that confidence now. He 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 committed to the offseason. Talking, you know, hearing guys talking here, you know, I heard I had an audio clip where the commentator say he trained with some Olympic sprint coach to get his uh, endurance and speed back where it was from the time he left Clemson. So he's committed. And now, now you can see that confidence out in that field, the route running, the kickoff return that he had and other plays he had in the game um, to see where he's developing. And, and a guy that I say definitely had a big game or had a, I say had a good game. There's a lot of there's a lot of first and second year guys that that look good. Um, you want to move over to offense, you know, just talk about the offensive line. And we talked about Myers and JRJ look good to me. Uh, I just don't want anybody else to get hurt. Um, some of these other guys need reps. I, yeah. I, I, I thought, uh, you know, speaking of second, like Royce, Royce Newman, I think he just looks he looks better physically than he did last year. He just looks like a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. I actually liked the way he played tackle better. And I liked the way he played guard. He's just not a very physical player at this stage in his career. Yeah. So from a tackle standpoint, I liked his hand placement. Um, you know, he, I think his, I think his kick sets and everything are, are, are um, competent out there. Obviously Yash on the other side, you just, you, you gotta like the way that Yash moves in general. I, I here's something that's always interesting to me, right? Mm-hmm. They have, Arguably, you know, top two or three left tackle in the league when he's healthy, Bakhtiari. Correct. You look at you look at all the guys in the league that are just really, really good and been good for the last you know ten years. You look at you know uh, Trent. You you look at uh, Trent Williams. Trent. You look at LT. You look at uh, mm-hmm. you, you you look at Jason Peters back in the day. Yeah. They all kind of set in a very similar fashion in that they, they try to go less flat. They don't try to make angle sets. They don't try to get yeah. beat underneath whenever they do. I actually just put out, I put out something on social media this week in, in the entire first half of the Rams game last year for San Francisco of all the pass sets, you know, Trent's setting vertical, setting vertical, best player in the league, right? 99 rating on Madden, setting mm-hmm. vertical, setting vertical, never gets beat, right? The two times he decided to go out and set flat, he gets beat inside. It, and it's like, it's literally clockwork. And what mm-hmm. I, the our reason I'm bringing this up is, those guys have a certain way they do things. Whether they don't, they don't all look the exact same. But the the sentiment is always like, "I'm gonna stay square, get back to my spot, and play ball." And it's like we don't teach it that way with a lot of these tackles. So like these guys kind of will set out and set forty fives and do all this other stuff that kind of right. gives, gives the defensive end short edges or gives an opportunity to come underneath. And it's just it's always very very interesting. We teach it a certain way, and then we always like allow the best players to kind of do it their way but we don't teach it the way the best players do. And it's bizarre. Oh man. It just, it just, sometimes it's, you should watch when it's done right. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. It's I, common I just, sense. Yeah. I just remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember when I was with Walt Jones and he's, he's the best I've ever seen. Yeah. I remember when and I was on him too. And awesome. I remember, I remember uh, the line coach was like, Hey, I'm just not going to coach you. I'm just not going to, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to try to mess up what you got going or, you know, but other guys, I'm going to coach you like this. I'm going to coach you like this. Right. And I was like, I was year 11 at that point. I was, you know, I was who I was already. And yeah, I, I thought to myself, because he's talking to the tackles, I thought, well, why don't you coach him like Walt does it? Like, he's he's pretty good. You know, he's like, well, you know, not everybody can do it that way. And I'm like, well, did you try? You know, did anybody try? It's just right. a thought. Yeah, that's a question. Thought. Yeah, man. 100% there. I, uh, I tell you, I tell you, here's another thing. Uh, tight ends, right? Tight ends. Right now, we got, you know, I think Tunyon just came off or on. He's, he's, he's back. Yep. He's off a of He's a pup. And obviously, pup. Mercedes Lewis isn't going to play right now. We know what he can do. Mm-hmm. We they they need to find they need to find a guy. I just I think they're like, like the outside linebacker thing to me. Like, be, you need be, to find a guy. A hundred percent. I believe the guys they have 
they got Tyler Davis, Davis, and a few other guys. I think in total they have like seven tight ends in the room right now for training camp. They have, so well, they, Jabbar is back, Daphne's back, right? Yep, and then they got these back. two other two other kids that I, you might have watched. I only watched the I I was first half guy. I'm not watching the second half of preseason game. Well, yeah, I watched the whole right game. Now, yeah, I watched the whole game. And so with those numbers in the room for tight end and any other position, because it's 15 for linebackers, those numbers tells me that they're looking. That means they're looking for somebody to back up the starter that they also can now trust. So with that, now those guys like Tyler Davis, you know, he had, like you said, he had to play good finish where he went up, he tried to help his quarterback, but he ended up getting the tackle off of the pick. So players like that got to go and make those plays. They also got to develop and learn the playbook, but then they got to be able to be open-minded to be like, all right, I'm going to be a guy that I might not get once the regular season gets here. If I make the roster, I'm gonna probably be a special teamer, most likely. hundred, I say ninety percent, ninety-five percent, be a special teamer. But then get my offense down, get my plays down, that I can then know that I have confidence in myself. Because then, if Tunyon is not ready and DeGoria only does certain things, you know, he doesn't do, do what Tunyon does in terms of route running, but he does do the short screens and block very well. <clears throat> Mercedes Lewis, we know he's that blocker, can't catch the short short path. But if any of those guys, obviously tired come off the field i want to be that next guy tyler davis and the other daphne other tight ends can say that to themselves so you know look on making that better here week two practicing against the saints getting into that regular season or that preseason game against or them or that's or where you don't forget about juan winfrey, oh, and winfrey you, never, you never know you never know he looks hey, he's well i was talking about the tight end room not the well, I say, listen he's like he's trying to play that lazard role I True. See, you, you see him he's, he's sick his neck listen i'm telling you right but, now lazard blocks better than some other people in the league, including people on this team that Correct. have the moniker tight end next to their name. Okay. So if, we, if John Winfrey's trying to be that guy, I'm all for it. Well, is this it? If he's showing that effort, because the size is not there, but the effort, yes, I, I'm, I'll, I'm off of that. I'll see that. I'll be happy with that as a coach. I see that. He effort. probably needs to put some pounds on though. You're That's right. it. You know, he's about, <laughs> he's about what I weigh, but he's trying to block guys that are 280. That's not going to yeah, work out. Man. <laughs> That's not going to work out here. All right. You want to, Push it on. I think we hit all this Let's area pre- pretty good. Let's head off to get off my line. Get off so my line. You got to fill me in on what's this one says. That the okay. first one you got on the list. Sources tell me. Okay, so and listen. I hear this a lot in yeah, media. This is what I'm talking You know what I'm you know, talking about. Yes. Okay? I know what You get on. Here's the thing, especially right now because football season, preseason starting up, and there's everybody searching, you know, how do I get more eyeballs? How do I get more clicks, followers? But, okay. I could, sources tell me. Sources tell me means I'm going to say something of no consequence right now, but I'm going to act like it's important and I'm going to act like I said it's credible. And if it happens, great. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter because I don't have a real source. No. I don't believe anybody has a real source anymore. I'm, I'm sure like I'm sure Adam Schefter has real sources. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I think like 90 percent of the stuff you see on the Internet now is just sources tell me sources tell me inside the organization. Not everyone is happy with the new coordinator. Oh, really? Sources tell me inside that player X may want to consider renegotiating his contract and that he might be upset about the lack of enthusiasm around a potential new deal. That means nothing, right? Sources tell me that if the quarterback doesn't throw three, if the backup quarterback doesn't throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter of the preseason game, the team might be start looking for some new options. They're looking already. Like, what do we tell? These are all nonsense statements. That people keep well, sources tell me inside uh, the building, you've got to be joking. And yes, 
I don't know. I feel like what I need to do and what we should do on this show is we should start every non-profound statement that we make with sources tell me. I'm going to start. I'm going to see if I can do it for like a month straight. I'll, I'll join with you because it drives me nuts too. Because when they say sources tell me what any show that I watch just to see what they're talking about, I'm like, what's your source? That's, the, that's a, like, you have no source. What do you, okay. I, I understand. It sounds good right. to come out for the fans sake, but for us, it's like, man, come on. We understand the journalistic integrity of, of, of protecting your sources. Yes. Right. But there's, there's two things that are going on specifically here. One is whoever your source is in the building, if it, cause usually this stuff is like disgruntled worker source, right? Yep. So if you're a disgruntled worker in the building, you're probably not as credible as maybe some other people just because in an NFL building man with the egos that are in there, right. if you're disgruntled, your ego's bruised, you're probably trying to you know be malicious. The other thing is, I generally, with some of the stuff you hear, because it's so vague and it's so, it could happen, it could happen, it doesn't matter. Like some of this, this nonsense I just made up. <laughs> right. Right. That I, you just, I just don't, I honestly don't believe that these sources are either real or at the very least credible. And right. it would be, it would be so much more fun to just have reporters go, I'm going to speculate here, but it's just because it's fun. Let's speculate. I'm pretty you know sure I mean? some do. Like, well, yeah, I you know like what I mean? Like that Jacoby. would be more entertaining because I'm going to, in other words, I'm going to make something up. And let's just talk about it because that's really all we're doing anyways. Yeah, I can see people in our area, podcasters, we'll do that for sure. Because, yeah, it's like, what are we going to talk about else? It's, if you don't have nothing to talk about. I can see Jalen Rose. He has his show. He's I can see him doing that. Well, he's a source. Yeah. He is the source. <laughs> True. That's, you know, like, right. like, J, like Jalen. You Jalen's the source. Every story he breaks, he's the yep. source. That was yeah. easy. Yeah. It, it, it just... They're look, like, you, like you said, they're looking for something to talk about. They're trying to make something sound awesome when it's it's not it's like just stop it and for us we know it like when i hear sources uh tell me i change the channel or i kind of roll my eyes that's what i do <laughs> i'm like man come on here all right and and let's go up to this let's head into the next one sources tell me sources tell me manu has to run eight and a half miles on an off day because they got shellacked yes by was it uh was Redford. It, ref okay referee i saw that i saw that line too I was just looking at it, and when I pulled into the dock, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I figured Mike. I was like, "Mike, this would be something Mike might oh, bring yeah. up I, and get I, off my line." So get off my line. What sources tell me? And then let's talk about this man. Eight? You okay? So man, you got this. You got this laps. new man. You Manchester United is one of the most storied mm -hmm. fr uh, soccer, football, whatever you call it, franchises yeah. in the world, and they just brought in a new manager, Eric Ten Hag, who's from Ajax, who's you know just got it in his old his own system, trying to create his own culture, and they've just they've been. They were glorious for years under Sir Alex Ferguson. Then they went through like four or five managers, just haven't been able to find the right mix. I don't know mm -hmm. why. They're mm -hmm. not in the Champions League anymore. Premier League, they're they're not in the top four. And for so the size of club, for the money, you know, the Glazer family owns them. Uh, oh. they've, they went public and sold stock. I mean, it's just like it's been a PR nightmare on so many mm -hmm. levels since the American you know family bought them. And so they bring this guy in and they go and they lose the first two Premier League, Premier League games, something that hasn't been done in a hundred years with that, with that club. And this guy, this uh, Ten Hag is so upset that he's just like, you know what, dude, I know you guys are making, you know, $200,000 a week, $300,000 a week over here. Uh, why don't, we're not, we're not going to have a day off. 
the other team outran us in the game that we just lost four nothing by eight and a half miles. So I'm gonna get my pound of flesh. And he made Ooh. sure they ran eight and a half miles yesterday. And I was like, dude, old school. That's all, yeah. And that is I'm, old school. I love it. I love if I it. was there, I would hate it, but I'm not, so I love it. I, I'm hundred percent on board with that. That takes me back to my Nebraska days where uh you remember Jay Foreman? He played I remember that name, yeah. Yeah, he played for Buffalo and then he played for the Texans, middle linebacker. He was with me and Lincoln. So we out summer weekend during the middle of all it's like June or July. Somebody has a house party. We go to the house party. I'm there. My thing was I get there, depend no matter what time I got there. If I would have got there at 11:30, I'm leaving at midnight. No matter what, I'm leaving at Nothing midnight. Nothing good happens after midnight, man. Nothing yep. good happens. Exactly. My brother was a cop, he told me that. And so I get there early, I hang out. Midnight, I'm out. Sunday go by, Monday go by, Monday morning hits. I get a phone call. Oh, we got an emergency team meeting. Mid summer, what's going on? Like, oh man. So I'm in my head, I'm like, hey, somebody got hurt, you know, doing something dumb or maybe fight or somebody's got suspended, whatever. Get to the meeting. It's a 1030 meeting on a Monday morning in the midsummer. Goes Osborne goes, well, guys, uh, you know, I understand that you, you, you're above age and you're going to have your, you know, get togethers, your parties, your house parties. I understand that. Be safe to one another. But <clears throat> this has gotten really ridiculous where y'all fighting each other. So a fight broke out <laughs> among my teammates. This is all Nebraska players. OK. And not obviously, AG, not that hard to believe. Yeah. All Nebraska players. And. Long story short of it, Jay Foreman gets mad at a fellow linebacker. Uh, I think it was Julius Jackson. They get into it over a girlfriend, over he say, she say stuff. And because of the fight went out, so Coach Osborne goes like this. Okay, y'all want to fight each other? That doesn't show to me good team, you know, teammates, you know. Everybody running stadium, stadium stairs for the next two hours until I get tired. Everybody, even people that weren't at the party. I got so I'm you know what I do. I go to Jay and I go to Julius. I'm like, y'all, I'm killing y'all in two a days. When when the first couple of days, I'm because it's because of them, I gotta run. I left. And it was a lot of people not even there at the party. And all of us had to run stadium stairs for two hours in Nebraska Stadium. And it was like, and it was all it was July, you know, it's hot down there, it's nasty. So yeah, I I, I respect the coach here, man. You be like, hey. Hey, y'all ain't y'all ain't winning no games. Y'all you're getting outrun. I'm I'm hundred percent on board with that. I like it too. I like I've that been you there. just you basically just said you would have ordered the code red. I love yes, it. Yes, hundred percent. Hundred percent there. All right. I know, you, I know you saw this next one, AG with the Cowboys, man. Like I like, try I didn't get a chance to like look at the film of it, but yeah, let's see in this now. Wow. So so Mike McCarthy. Whew. You know, Mike McCarthy won it at the Super Bowl with Aaron. Yep. And I'm sure he's got an, uh, a street named after him in Green Bay. He does, 100%. And I remember when when he was when he was let go from Green Bay and he was he was waiting, uh, he was going to want to get another job. I remember mm-hmm. that he said something to the effect that I'm going to become a master at analytics or sports science. Or, I, I mean, he said something that was like, I'm going to be a technology guy. I'm going to be a technician. Remember that? And uh, and, yep. and and then it, it turned out it was kind of like, yeah, okay, man, I, I watched film. I don't, you know, I went back to watch the film. So Jerry Jones hires him, and and there's just been this uh, this cloud over the yeah. The first of all, there's a, a cloud bit. over the Dallas Cowboys organization. They haven't really been very good in years. In a long time, they Much have the players. The they got there. They have the and they have the talent. They have so the it's talent. always like 
it's like is the is it the head of the snake? Everyone's always the Jerry's the Jerry's the Steven. And you know, and Mike McCarthy, you know, he had a lot of in-game management issues that people talked about last year. Mm-hmm. But their yes. penalties, their penalties killed them, particularly in the playoff game. They had 14 penalties in that playoff mm-hmm. loss to San Francisco. And then they had game management at the end. So everybody talked yeah. about game management, but it was like, dude, you had 14 penalties too. That's a big deal. Right. So they start off the preseason and they talk about all the things they want to work on during the offseason and all the things that are important and all these, you know, how we're going to be a disciplined team. These guys had 17 penalties in their first preseason game. Man. I, and you just go, you just go, well, it, it, it's so hard as a coach, right? Because it is. Because Mike, it's very, Mike could go and say, and he could say, like, you know, listen, what do you want me to do? Like, we preach it all the time in practice. But then, like, what the hell is Bill Belichick doing then? Like, he's doing something different. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I'm not, I'm not saying Mike's a good coach or bad coach. I don't know Mike at all. I'm saying, what is going on that that they can't get this right? That, oh, man. I mean, I say that's just effort. That's just want to. Because I could count on, I could just think in my head, in 12 years of NFL football, I, I don't think I even had, personally, five penalties. Mm. You know, I think, you know, and and most of it, obviously, offsides or maybe holding, maybe, you know. And that's just it's, for it's the – It's hard. That's a it's player – I say that's more of a player thing. And by this time, you know the rules. You know what offsides is. You know what holding is. You know what personal foul is. You know what PI is. Whatever penalties they got called, you know the prerequisites of not doing that. So if you're doing that, I looking at a player from a coach to a player, I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing and what are you thinking? And this is that. and this is what's interesting about that though, right? So they, you know, they will, they have this year they they drafted an offensive lineman high up that was mm-hmm. you know known for mauling and known for holding in 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 college. And he, guess what? He's getting holding penalties now. It's like it's not a surprise. Right? They they'll they'll hire people that have um, high upside on the talent, but not necessarily the most disciplined players. They, I mean, that they, like, we can go down the list of offensive defensive linemen alone that have right. kind of fit that bill. And so you can't really be surprised, but the thing is like, you always have to, you have to have some sort of revelation or culture change or indoctrination when you come into your building, like, yes. listen, some of this stuff's not going to be tolerated. And I, the only way that you can really tolerate, you know, excuse me, uh, you, you really punish an athlete. You're not going to punish their wallet because you can't find them for it, but you can punish them with playing time. You and can. guys, that if, if, if you got the right guys, which may be the, the, the problem to begin with, because Correct. there's always been kind of questions on who's really making the general manager decisions there in the war room, who need, you know wants versus needs versus mm-hmm. fan favorites. Yep. But if you got the right guys, then you and you take away playing time, you know you got an issue. But it, it is it's it it just doesn't make any sense. You have 17 penalties following up that 14 penalty loss in the playoffs. No, and yeah, it's the and it's the first game out of the box yeah. too. Like you said, playoff game. The way it ended, you know, they had they tried to you know run. They had a little bit of time on the clock. I think they were out of timeouts or something like that. So the time timeout timeout management time management, and it was a whole season thing because it was earlier in the season. I can't remember the game it was, but they mismanaged the time earlier in the season, and then it it bit them in the butt in that playoff game against the 49ers. And then coming out of the box play preseason, you like, I know as a coach, I'm like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna be like, for any of my guys that I've coached, I'm like, all right. What I gotta do is I must am I speaking Spanish? Because I remember the one coach, a coach I can't remember if, we were, if I was in college or pro, but I remember a coach saying, "Hey, it takes no talent to stand still." In terms of right. 
be jumping off sides because we had an old lineman jump off in practice. I'm not sure if that was Green Bay or if it was Nebraska or even CF. <laughs> but it's, it's he said something simple. It takes no talents to, to stand still. You know the cap, the snap count. You know it. Just wait till you hear what the quarterback said that the ball is going to get moved on. Do that. I think, I think part of the hard thing here too is like when when you address the media in these situations. I, I, who knows what the media wants, and they obviously you can make a story about whatever you want, right? Correct. Yeah. But you, you always want is like for me, it would be okay. This is unacceptable. Like this yep. is something that starts and ends with me. We have to fix this. This is this is going to lose us games. It lost us games last year. It did. Like I, we understand what a big deal this is. I understand what a big deal this is. I understand what a big deal this is. We are going to go fix this. The fix this issue. This is an area opportunity that we can fix for all the reasons you just stated, AG. Right. And, and you know, there's no sense of it's like, well, it's, it's part of the process. This is day one. You guys are going to make a big deal about it. And it's not. Dude, you know, the the Raiders were led the league in penalties for like 10 years straight, and they never made the playoffs for like 10 years straight. It, like, it's a thing, man. It matters. Uh-huh. There's certain things you don't want to be number one in. This yep. is one of them. And I don't know. It's just. Yeah, get you off know, my lawn. You and I know a lot of guys there, so you know, I'm always just like, come on. Yeah, get off my line with that. Yeah. yeah, for the guys that work behind the scenes there. And so for my get off the line here, when, when I was just kind of scrolling around, saw this sad article of Mike Hintman. He was the head coach of the Dallas Little League football team. He was shot and mm-hmm. shot and murdered, basically murdered in a disagreement over a Little League game. And the suspect is Jakub Salik Talib, which is the brother of former NFL player Akib Talib. Akib Talib. Um, Pro Bowl defensive back that played, I think, last team was with the uh, Buccaneers. And so mm-hmm. Hickman was a pillar of the community, role model um, down there in the Dallas area. And, and the police said there was a fight on the field following a disagreement with the coaching staff and the officiating crew. So I know one thing. I know this is Dallas Little League, not football. high school, not right. college, not pro. This is little kids playing football. Nine year olds. Okay. So nine year olds. Nine-year-olds see this goal out. You know, they're saying, you know, the kids can't even sleep. They were right there front and center, front line. And, you know, this is just, for me, get off my line with this. This is ridiculous. Like, it's Very little – I understand Texas and football and how, how big it is down there, but ain't nothing this big to lose one your life we over. Always talk, one thing we always talk about, AG, is, is there's so much manufactured emotion that goes into football. There's so much machismo because, yep. of, because people are worried about getting hurt. Worried about getting physically embarrassed, physically overmatched, yep. losing and, a game. Yeah, whatever. yeah, and, and and well, I think yes, but I, I I do think there's something to because it's a violent sport. People need people act in a way like they're trying to make themselves like, oh, I'm, I'm pumping myself up. I'm a tough guy. This mm-hmm. whole thing, yep. and like it's got to stop, dude. Like, yeah, especially at nine years old. Like, what are we talking about? Right, and it's not worth it. That those, it, those kids aren't going to have their parents anymore, you know, their dad anymore. It's right, exactly. Not their dad, not their coach, and now nightmares for yeah. you know we don't know how many years. And and that community, I say the state in general. You're you're down there, um, with the stuff back in the, the school shooting back two months ago. It's That's just now. Name. It's like I'm like, that's why we call it get off our line. Get off my line with that, man. Like, what? type of fight or disagreement in a little you know is that so that's the question i want to ask myself just myself i'm not going to continue that conversation anymore but yeah get off my lawn with that with people stay home i know there's little leagues i know here in wisconsin my my one of my daughters plays softball and the league in the in the league rules it said if you're going to argue or be that parent don't come to the game it basically said that we want these kids to play 
softball, have a fun experience, win or lose, everybody's doing it, you know, doing their best. And that's it. If you got, if you're that parent that those is going to harass the coaches, harass the players, don't come into, don't come watch the game. You know, and, and, and this sounds like we don't know if Khalid or Talib was a coach or a spectator and family was playing. We don't know that those details, but man, you know, don't be there. Don't do that. It's not, it's a, it's a nine-year-old football game. What money do you got on it? You know, we, what, what's what that serious? We, we were at a, we were at a tournament in Riverside County about three years ago. Mm-hmm. This Cali? Up in Cali? In California. So yeah. this is just, just north of San Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, I, I want to say it was an either a nine or a 10 year old girls soccer game adjacent to where, where my kids were, my, one of my kids was playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, we, we packed up, we get done with the game. We, we left a lot of the team stayed because they had split my son's team into two teams. And mm-hmm. one of them was playing afterwards. We had to go to my daughter's game and the, in the nine or 10 year old girls game, there was an argument. A dad went to his car and started shooting wow. and you know, there's 16 fields or 20 fields, whatever it is. There's all these people and the cops come and everything. And, uh, you know, man, there's just there's so much there's so many more political things we can talk about, like gun laws. Correct, but, correct. But but holy hell, how bad does your life have to be that that even sounds like a good idea? Like I like I gotta bring right. my I gotta bring my gun to the game, or like I I just I just it just makes it does it honestly makes you sad. I don't know. It I is. don't know. What it's sad. About it. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad and sickening all at the same time. And, you know, I did a stream back when the shooting happened in in a. Uh, in Texas at the school shooting there. I, oh, and I, yeah. on my stream, I still have the uh, links on there on how to help your state, go to the state Senate, go to the state Capitol to change gun reform, you know? So that's continued. That's going to stay in my stream. Where, where do you, you know? think, Hey, where do you think? And I'm just, I'm in Texas, but where right. do you think the one to Texas leads? Cause I would say it leads to do not like that leads to a dead end on the internet. Like you yeah. imagine the Texas gun law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like for Texas God. gun lodges, we're sorry. Four hundred four file not or not right, or right. That's, that's a place that goes right. I've, I've been like oh, I was in man. Texas for two years, being in yeah, Houston. You know, and man, you know, I know, man. and then right around. I remember my first couple weeks there. I was like, "This is a this is a whole nother country were, down here." Were you here? I wasn't here. Were you here when open carry was like, or you know, you could you could have a, a non concealed weapon, like you could put your holster on your gun and yes. walk into Wendy's. That was two thousand eight. Were you there? I was uh, there. Uh, I was there. Dude, I wouldn't have gone out of my house. I, I felt be, so I, uncomfortable. Yeah. I grew oh, up yeah. in LA. I grew up in Crip and Blood territory. So you know how I it feel. just feels different though, doesn't it? I was like, you just gonna walk around. Wow. I was like, wow. I had moms walking in strapped. I'm like, yeah, man. Is, is it like that? <laughs> I'm going to the piggy wiggly down by my house in Houston. I'm like, oh Kroger, excuse me, Kroger's. I'm like, they strapped up. I said, I get home. I said, babe, I know I saw a soccer mom strapped. Yep. She said that gun law passed thing, you know, yep. you can hold it in, you know, you got, it doesn't have to be concealed or whatever. You can show people. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, that's great. So yeah, let's, get off my lawn. Let's, in, let's end this get up. off my lawn with yeah, one that, end with, 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 with the, uh, the bears. Cause they just do <laughs> such a good job of making us feel better about ourselves all the time. Mm, okay. So we talked about it a little bit, but yeah. If you look at the pictures of the of the Bears field, Soldier Field, historic Soldier Field before the game, it looks like they had like 400 golfers go out there and hit sandwiches for like two hours before the game. Hey, they can call me up. It. I'll go do that. I, just call me up. I'll go hack like, away. But we've all played in bad. Remember we went down to Carolina? They just yes. Turf. It was just we like had, that. We had an ACL. Yeah, we had, we had injuries everywhere. Gone. Yes. 
And you'd think at some point, and they said, well, they pass muster for whatever the you know, minimum requirements are for field. It's like, well, who the hell's passing muster on that? But I'll tell you what's the best part for me. What's that? Is before week one. And after all this, right? Because all they really care about in it at Soldier Field, not the not the players, they care about packing sands making money, right? So before week one, I think on Thursday or Friday before the week one game they have at Soldier Field, the, the German metal band Rammstein is Rammstein is going to be playing. Okay. So let me just tell you about Rammstein. Here, yeah, here's what I know about Rammstein. Yeah, feel me. What, on here's what I know they have is a huge mosh pit <laughs> right in the middle, right in the middle of the 50-yard line. So I can't imagine what that place is going to look like. Unbelievable. But I'm sure um, it'll pass muster again. Oh wow. Yeah, get off my lawn, Bear Stadium. I remember. Well, I saw the kick when they kicked when the one kid, like a wide receiver, running back, kicked the field goal for KC. I said, "Look at that!" The only thing I saw was the turf. I was looking like, "Oh my god, it's preseason!" I'm like that turf usually looks like that in October, not August. The Bears kicker, the Bears kicker said that he was practicing at home. And he was like going to his high school field, and it was a turf field. And he said, "He said I had to stop kicking there because the field conditions at Soldier are so bad. He had to go find like a." cow pasture or something to go kick at so it was it was more realistic right so he because you practice how you play if you're playing in a nice field and it has all the clean lines and it's no no uh no no what's the what's the no divots yeah. you're good to go that's not a good setup for a, a bears kicker <laughs> any player mason so mason's gonna be down there this year he needs to go to like one of the high school fields in the green bay area to get ready for that field or go to a golf course where they have bad uh yeah, yeah that's what you do. You just go that's to a golf course, go to the driving range. Yep, go to the driving and just, range. And then just get one of those uh, electric blowers and have them just blow in your face every time you kick the ball. It'd be easy. Yeah, because they do have that coming <laughs> off the, the uh, Lake Michigan water right there, that lake effect. Oh, man. Yeah, get off my lawn, Los Angeles Field, with that one. Uh, so we're coming to the end of our show. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, talk about these Saints and more training camp ball for the training uh, for uh, the Packers because now they have a Saint joint team practicing along with the game coming up this weekend. It'll be a home game for the pack. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we get to break that down. I got to get that 22 film that Mike has got. Um, that's better. No commentary, no commercials, no Geico, no, no other commercials. I do there. miss is Larry McCarron and Wayne still doing the show. Cause I yes. do miss them. I miss yes. them. Yes, they are. And they do radio too. I, I, I love Wayne. I, I love, I love Larry and Wayne, man. They're the yeah. Best. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, they, they still doing it, Mike. And uh, so, Everybody, where you can find me on social, on Twitter and Instagram, my uh, following name is Amon Green 30 Mike, let everybody know where you at. Uh, Wall six, uh, Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, prostitute before on Instagram. AG, man, it's always fun. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, man. Have a good week and see you, see you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.